Hello everybody, welcome to the Jock and Journo Show, round 17 already and it's been a massive week in footy and in sport as usual. We've got our man Scotty Pendlebury here, he's coming, he's got his shoulders back, he's got his chin up, he's got that sort of spark and that glint in his eye. Scotty, I can see mate, you're still fired up despite all the uh, crap being spoken at the moment. You're fired up for the final seven rounds, I can tell mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the um, last seven of the year and, um, you know, we're only, sounds funny, but we're only sort of two-thirds of the way through and, um, yeah, it's a big seven weeks for the footy club and looking forward to getting stuck in, go up there to Gold Coast, 25 degrees on Saturday up there. So, so you do a bit of, bit of a beach run or you jump into I might, into might sun myself a little bit on Friday <laughs> afternoon for an hour or two and... Um, see, I might get a bit of skin on the body, and I mean, a bit of colour, a bit of skin on the body, a bit of colour on the body, and um, yeah, looking forward to getting out there and um, and playing the Giants, playing old ruckman Jared Witts. Oh yeah, well, he's in he? good touch at the moment too. He is, yeah, I heard he's been pumping up as been pumped up as a potential Australian uh, candidate, Coco. Man of the people, how are you, my friend? You've been eating up the Floyd Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor post- press conference this morning. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Are you excited by that, mate? Uh, yeah, it was a bit different. I'm still in the Conor McGregor camp. I reckon... What do you think he's going to win? No, 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 but I just... I like an underdog. I like, I like your battle with the fitness regime. I, I go for an underdog. I try to get him up. <laughs> he's in big trouble. Hey, uh, Scotty, you did something different. Uh, what was it yesterday, Tuesday, uh, with the club? Had a bit of 10-pin bowling, is that right? Just sort of, you know, the boys got around each other, a few laughs, a few, uh, knocked down a few pins. How'd that go? Um, it, was, uh, it was a good little outing, I suppose, to kingpin at Crown there. And, um, yeah, as I think most programs do, you have things in throughout the season already scheduled just to break it up a little bit and, and a have a little bit of stuff. fun. Yeah, a little bit of fun, you know, away from the club and, and get away from it for a little bit. So I went down there for a couple of hours and, and had a bowl and um, How'd you go, mate? yeah. Well, when you said you know hit pins, I didn't hit too many pins, but um, <laughs> I was okay. But nowhere near the Jeremy Howe level or Cal Brown up near the close to two hundreds. Those boys, yeah. So what uh, do they, they do it regularly? Do they? Oh, well, I don't know. I'd hope so, because otherwise they put everyone else to shame. So <laughs> um, the so coach he... gave me a nice little barb when I, I got a bald one. And he just yelled out, "Didn't was there no rinks in sale?" Because <laughs> um, yeah, he's actually he's pretty handy as well at tempin bowling the coach. Really? So no, it was good. It was good to get down there and you know we did all our training and stuff in the morning and then yep. um, ducked down there for a couple of hours and a bit of bowl, a bit of a few guys playing pool and snooker and yep. whatever. So that no, was good little way to finish Tuesday and then who, day had, the, off who today. had the biggest strut on the ten pin bowler? Who who really oh, sort I'd, of rated their form? Yeah, and Jackson Ramsey's. All the gear, no idea type yep. set up. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. And then it just goes straight into the gutter. Who, who has all the bowling gear? Who's rolling out there? What? Their own. Well, yeah. well, Homer Simpson with, with his own. Oh, I nearly the, left the yesterday because I had to put the shoes on. Yeah. And oh, I, you nearly left I left the shoes. and I was like into like the gaming area of Crown. And I looked down, I had the Tempin bowling shoes on. <laughs> this is, I, I actually used to work. I had to like come back and get my shoes. I used to work at a bowling alley and that was... The biggest issues were people walking off with, with the wrong shoes on yep. and, and yeah, just yeah. plain forgetting and then people throwing the ball into the roof. That was the, They loved throwing the ball into the roof. Look at this, I'm a legend. Or sliding down the lanes and knocking uh, all the pins Jordy over. Geordie type stuff. He got oh, really excited real yesterday depending on how stuff. fast he could roll the ball. Yeah. Real, real simple, simple stuff. Simple things, eh? Real simple, <laughs> simple things, stuff. simple minds. No one slipped He got excited. No incidents otherwise? No. 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 All... 
apart from me, I actually had a moment where I decided, do I want to go back and get my shoes or do I want to keep these? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought I better go back. <laughs> it would have been bad. But does that, um, you know, does that relieve things, Scotty? I know you don't try and take too much attention of uh, sort of the external focus and, and pressure. Um, but you also had a meeting uh, yesterday on, on Tuesday, which helped clarify Nathan Buckley's coaching situation for the yeah, next... Well, you knew about that meeting before we did pretty much. It was that quickly... In the paper. Got out in the Herald Sun website. Got out it, within, it was in the bushes out the front. Got out, got out within 10 minutes. Not Walked happy, out of not the meeting and I was getting updates on my phone about how this meeting goes. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only just digesting it all. So how did that go, mate? Well, how did it get out? I don't yeah. know. No, how no, did no how, did, how did the meeting go? Run us through it. Oh, no, it was... Um, Who got yeah, up there and spoke? Well, yeah, Purdy spoke and it was pretty much word for word what was reported in the Herald Sun. That He got up and just um, clarified the coach's position and... Um, I don't know, did they do a press conference or something as well? Bucks had a presser. Yeah, so um, I think from a player's point of view, it was just good to hear that because um, there's been so much speculation here and um, every week it seems like, you know, it just builds more. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. It just, it's just always about the coach's future and it was just, from a player's point of view, it's just great to know that it's not nothing's going to happen in the next seven weeks and um, we've still got seven weeks of the season left and let's just focus on footy and that stuff will take care of itself at the end of the season. Um, because, yeah, every player, you know, for me, I don't read too much into the speculation because, you know, You're if, I, if I did... person, I know. Yeah, but You're if I... freak with this. If I did, you know, like, I've seen, you know, Clarkson's been linked here, Ross Lyon's been linked here, Brad Scott's been linked here, um, you know, Bucks getting extensions been linked to mm-hmm. this. So there's so much out there and um, and all of it we have no control over. But that's me and I understand that I'm... A little bit different that I don't buy into much of it, but for some players they they do they do get caught up in it. And it does weigh on their shoulders. For other players, I don't care about it. So, yeah, I think it was a good move by the club just to come out and um, ease the tension, I suppose, on the, the playing way. group. Yeah, just get the weight off the shoulders for the playing group. And um, yeah, we just focus on playing footy, which we should always do anyway. But it does infiltrate into the the camp a little bit. We'll focus on this for just a second. But have you seen that? So I think Taylor Adams and Adam Trelaw, Nathan Buckley all sort of said that these guys are human and the players have said, yes, it has affected them, the uncertainty around the coach. Have you seen that? Because um, the, the performance at the weekend yeah. was flat and Bucks at a half-time, three-quarter time, there wasn't the usual spark and energy. Yeah, um, yeah, probably since the bye, um, who have we played? Hawthorne, Port Adelaide and Essendon. Yep. Um, yeah, it seemed like we've just lost our way a little bit with how we're playing and um, up until the bye, I think we're five and six, and um, you know probably stiffed not to be you know seven and four and, and things like that, which you know you get what you deserve. So we're, we were five and six, and then um, yeah, I'd, like I don't know, there's something gone amiss with the group, and um, whether it is guys you know carrying that burden of you know, extra pressure, and we've got to win to mm. you know help Bucks or whatever yeah. it is. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, I think I think it was just it was just good yesterday to to get that out and. Um, have the guys know that you know don't worry about this it's you know the coach will be the coach at the end of the season they'll make the appropriate call at the end of the season and um, yeah it just gave the guys some real clarity which is I think what the group needed one on the coach how's he travelling <clears throat> and in your mind why is he the right man for the job um, long term yeah well he's just I think he's been great this year with the amount of pressure um, he doesn't let it seep into or he tries not to let it seep in and he can't control you know, who reads Twitter and the the paper and all that sort of stuff. He can't control players that do that. But he's, um, yeah, he's very focused and, um, you know, very staunch that 
you know, we can turn this season around still. And um, he just comes in and gets to work. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's doing a lot right and setting us up. And a lot of guys have a great relationship with him and the care and empathy he has for the group is, you know, outstanding. And yep. a lot of guys really want him to succeed. And, um, you know, but the only way we can do that is start winning games of football and get our year back on track. Because as I said, we're only two thirds of the way through and, um, you know, we need to get up to Gold Coast this week and put in a really good performance. When I've written stories about Collingwood this year and, and you know, involving Nathan Buckley, and, and I think he's one of the absolute best people I've met in um, football, and the feedback is always, yeah, we know he's a great bloke, but Collingwood fans want to know, can he coach? Like, can he take us to the top four and, and, and back to premiership land? Does he have the tactical acumen? You only know that, I reckon, if you're inside the four walls. So do you think he has the, you know, he's... He's an expert coach. He's a great coach. Do, do I think yeah. that? What, yeah, um, what makes you think? I mean, you obviously say yes, but yeah. why is that? Well, I think it, like this year our performances have been, and I've said this earlier, you know, he can't come out and kick the goals for us. That cost us games early in the year. He can only put us in the positions to kick the goals. He can't actually do it. And, yep. you know, in the first half of the year, all that stuff um, – you know, we were playing a really good brand of footy and as I said, it's just been a three-week patch where we've lost our way a little bit and um, we really we really need to discover that though this week because, yep. you know, you can understand those questions if, you know, our playing group don't fire a shot for mm. the next seven weeks and, um, you know, and I think the players aren't silly enough to know that, you know, it doesn't all just come back onto the coach because we're all playing for yep. something over these next seven weeks. Well, players are on the well. line. Well, I've said this before in a good and a bad way. There's no such thing as a contract anymore in, in AFL and, and for players. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, every club that's not around the mark and um, if you don't put in a good last seven weeks, it leaves everyone vulnerable. And as a playing group, we know that as well. Would it be good to get on the road? Like a bit of, you know, quality 25 farm. degrees is pretty appealing to get away. <laughs> um, it's not the warmest weather at the moment here, is it? So, no, look, no. yeah, it is. I love travelling with the guys. And, um, yeah, it is a good chance to... To get away. A bit of banter. Um, yeah, there's always plenty of banter. Um, yeah, and just really set ourselves for a good, solid performance. Nice, even contribution from the team. Against your old mate, uh, Rocket Ede. Um, what I'm interested in is um, Buck said that it might be a good chance over the next seven rounds. And I don't know how immediate it is. We'll see at selection. But whether, uh, you know, Collingwood might look to play a kid ahead of time. And that's... Maybe Josh Dacos, Kellen Brown, Rupert Wills this weekend, Kale Kirby. Now, Kale Kirby is the one who excites Collingwood fans the most. I'm not sure how much excitement there's been around the team this season. You know, Bucks is back. He's had a lot of faith in his current playing group and a lot of the senior players. But Kale Kirby is a guy who came to the club probably out of shape, a bit overweight. You know, his professionalism needed to totally change. He was a raw talent as raw as they get. And now he's leading the VFL goal kicking, I think, with 27 goals. Another four majors at the weekend. Now, I wonder, you know, clearly he's probably not going to be as fit as everyone else. But tell us what you've seen in this man's journey so far because he's he's sort of everyone Collingwood fans are excited about at the moment. Yeah, with Kaylee, as you said, he'd come uh, to the club. I think he was a last pick in the draft for us. Yep. Um, off the back of a couple of really good VFL games for Richmond. He played there and I think he kicked 11 goals in yep. two games as a 17-year-old. and um, Stocky little fella. Yeah, well, he that's the thing. Everyone's, you know, he come in a little bit underdone, but he come in as an 18-year-old out of TSC Cup footy. They're all underdone. They're all raw. They're all, you know, for you know what he didn't have in sort of a yeah, running capacity, he was 
so much stronger than every other first year guy in the gym. Powerful. Oh, he's an incredibly powerful unit. And, um, you know, quick, very quick, great agility, great sense, um, goal sense. So, yeah, he's playing some really good footy at VFL level. And we've got, I think the VFL guys have won four in a row down there. So there is a lot of guys playing some really good footy and, and putting pressure on. So, um, yeah, if a, you know, I hate the word a young player because they're all just players on a list and birth certificates are out the window. But if a guy like Kirby or Dakes was to come in, it's on the back of performance. It's not mm-hmm. going to be on the back of, oh, we'll gift you a game because yep. I think that never sets a player up to do well if you're just gifting games. So, yeah, Kerbs is, as you said, leading the goal kicking down there. But, you know, as important too is his forward pressure. And, you How's know, he go there? Splitting guys in half. Yeah, he loves to tackle. Um, Byron Pickett style? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of Byron Pickett about him. He nearly uh, decapitated a, a kid on the weekend. He slipped a little bit high and kept going. So, um, yeah, guys like that, they're playing really good footy and yep. they're – Showing some really good form, so they're putting their hands up for a, you know a crack at senior footy. Well, how did you th- just set the scene for us with Carl when he first came in? You do all the fitness testing, right? Because he's worked hard since that point. But how did he go early days when he first came in, and what did you think? Like- well, he had um, he actually in all the football stuff really impressed. He was probably one of the ones that stood out the most. Skills and stuff. Skills, ability to compete straight away with senior players. Um, He's got the body of a man already. So ten so, heads, yeah. Yeah, and he, um, but it's then just the endurance. Yeah, just the endurance side of things because he'd been a full forward at TSC Cup level. So, and there it was pretty much you know I had the fifty to myself and get out the way, pagan paddock style. So, <laughs> yeah, and he had a lot to learn about AFL system and how we play. You know, getting up and down the ground, all those type of things. So yeah, um, and then yeah, he developed a little bit of knee pain, which put him back for about a month. So yeah, and then you know he's worked fairly hard you know to, to get back and be is he ready do you think he's a chance um you know, if he keeps playing the footy he's playing you can't ignore it for mm. too much longer but um you know and then it's guys that have put four good weeks in the vfl together i remember when blair was playing here in 2010 no i think it was 0910 he 18 weeks in a row in the best in the vfl before he got a look in so wow um you know it's four games enough i think I think you, you get picked on when they see that you can fulfill the role well yep. enough and whether that takes you four weeks, one week, 18 weeks, whatever it is, you, you come in when the coaches think you're ready. What about Dakes? How's he travelling? Yeah, he's, um, I think he's adapted to his first probably, you know, he's pretty raw as well, similar to Khaled, not played yeah. much footy. Um, he's got he's, lovely delivery. He's got the skill, hasn't he? Oh, he's got the skill. He's got the, the movement of a small forward. You know, he gets in and out of traffic really well and um, – it's a big call, but I sort of I think he's similar in mind to what Wellesley is when he gets the ball. If he doesn't make the the decision, he'll give it to someone with ample time and space to make a really good decision. And, and Dakes has got that same ability. So um, yeah, now he's just working his way through his first full year of senior footy. Really, like you know, the first four or five weeks of VFL for everyone, they're so excited. But then you know, the physical toll starts coming on board, and you're getting sore, and the Melbourne mornings are getting colder, and you know, you realise that every week you've got to get yourself as close to cherry ripe as you can. So, um, yeah, here's another one. He played really well. He played a bit of midfield time on the weekend and did a bit of centre-bounce stuff. He's super quick, great agility. Um, those little stocky legs seem to help him get in and out of traffic a little bit. So, yeah, here's another one. Once he's once the coaches think that he's playing his role well enough and he can come in and, and take a spot, I'm sure he'll, he'll get a chance based on form. My view, I reckon because, and look, you're basically out of finals contention now, I think it's less than a 1% chance. You need to win all your final seven last games and even then maybe... Similar to Sydney when they were not the six. 
That's right. We're yeah. going to talk about them in a second. Um, so they, I, they were never there. They can't make finals, can they? Because they started zero and six. Well, well they're hundred to one for the flag. I think we will. Yeah. Well, flag favourites, pretty much. They're not even the eight. Well, they've the been the best. Final series doesn't start for another seven weeks, so you got another. Seven <laughs> well, that's weeks the to co- get that's there. why you're the captain of the footy club, Scotty. That sort of optimism. That's what we need, uh, mate. I like that uh, energy, and optimism. Um, what did you like about uh, Essendon at the weekend? Because when they had the footy, when you when you guys turned it over, and there was some butchering of the football in the first half, especially in the back half. When you did turn it over, they capitalised as well as anyone yeah. this season, I reckon. I think that's what the. The big difference in the game was is when we forced a turnover, we couldn't hurt them like what they did to us. And um, yeah, whenever we turned the ball over in a bad area, they just it just went bang straight back goal. Yeah, um, they didn't even give you a chance to think about it. Very quick, they've got a super dangerous forward line. Um, Fantasia on the weekend, so you're um, pretty yappy. Yeah, I think him and him and Braden are going to have a long-standing ten-year rivalry <laughs> of bashing each other, um, which is good. I reckon they they both know it's coming when they play each other. And um, you know, Raju took the chocolates on the weekend, and I'm sure Braden will be eager for a crack next year, Anzac Day, or potentially the finals if both sides get there this year. So, so after the game, you go in the rooms and you see Bruzzy. Now, just tell me about his body language and his demeanour. Like is he um, sort of a bit? Sort oh no, he's wound up and furious still. Or? No, he's very passionate and he plays with his heart on his sleeve, Bryce. And he was disappointed with how he played, not only defensively but offensively as well. And he's um, really keen to bounce back. But you know, he does. He thrives on those battles, and he would be disappointed that Fantasia, you know, got on top of him. And you know, but we're not silly enough to think that it was just Braden versus Fantasia, and you know, Braden yep. got taken to the cleaners. We left him out to dry a few times with. Our ball use and um, the lack of run through our midfield, get back and support. So looking to um, address that this weekend. And, and as you said, Bruzzy's one of the most competitive blokes you'll see on a football field. He literally does have that white line fever. So yeah. he's great to play with. I remember Decker Hine in, uh, after the draft he was taken. I spoke to him and he, he sort of likened him to a younger Luke Hodge from his aggression point of view. Not yeah. saying he was as good a player as Luke Hodge, but he had that sort of um, spunk. Yeah, that white line. That fever. white line, uh, which we saw at the weekend. He touched on Sydney and GWS um, before. It's a massive game this weekend because the Giants, with all their injuries, are just starting to teeter a little bit and they're vulnerable. They've had, they've had the wood on the Swans for a while, haven't they? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. What was it last last year that Swans finished on top, and then they got beaten. Got beaten at the SCG by the Giants, and Giants have had the wood on them for a while now. Yes, um, they really they can lock them away, but Sydney really find it hard to score against the Giants. Why is that? Well, I don't know. They just find it hard to score. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win? And if Sydney do win, well, I think the Swans will win. I'm saying that. Well, GWS has been equal premiership favourites with Adelaide for some time now, but couldn't the flag race be turned totally on its head this weekend if Sydney win, as you say? And would, should they then be the new flag favourites, Scotty? Well, personally, I don't think that it will turn it, turn it on its head because it's just a one game of football and as I said, there's seven weeks to go, so let's not get caught up into the week-to-week. Through the Scott, um, Scott Penderbury, the little algorithm there, his, yeah. little, his little robot brain just beeping away. Beep, bloop, beep, Well, bloop. so far there's been 17 different premiership favourites or 17 sides that based on one game look like they could win the flag. Oh, but this is Every, a sustainable you know, form over we two months talking, from the Swans. Not long ago, it was like, I think four weeks ago or five weeks ago, everyone was talking about, does Essendon have the ability to go all the way and win the flag? 
and then two weeks later they're not good enough and then now that they beat us on the weekend they're back into the mix so we'll I don't get caught up into all this <laughs> hoo-ha jargon that well, you do me. but I do think it's going to be the best Battle of the Bridges game yep. so far between the two clubs I think it's going to be it'll be on for young and old um, it's going to be nice and fiery and uh, I think Big Buddy might put on a bit of a clinic so take out the pies for the minute. Who do you th- if you had to put your life on a flag? For, who do you think would win the flag now if you had no to pick idea. someone? Come on, mate. Well, you said I put my life on it, and I don't know because there's no clear cut favourite. Who do you think is best placed? I don't know. There's still seven rounds to go. It can all it can all change within seven weeks, can it not? I think if the Swans win, I've sort of been big on the Cats. Well, you put your life on someone. Yeah, I will. We'll do that now. Um, who? I think if the Swans can win, then then they deserve that top billing. Um, Adelaide obviously Can I keep a record from now Every week I'll ask you Who the premiership favourite is And see how many times you change It changes Mate it changes quickly That's what I just said It changes quickly Yeah so we've got these So I get um, caught up in worrying about it now Measuring points Because that's what we do mate We talk about football Just like you talk about The UFC La 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 This I think if the Swans can win this weekend, um, I think that puts them Absolutely at the top of the run Adelaide's transition game Right. When when we when we look at Adelaide and why they're so potent, is it because of that half bat that that rebound off half back? You're the expert, (laughs) (laughs) Coco. It's you or me for here, um, for me, mate. So, who was your favourite? You just said Adelaide, Geelong, and Sydney. But then you basically Sydney. If Sydney Sydney win, they're going to be the favourite. If they lose, they're not. Doesn't that seem silly? Based on one game of footy, they can go from being favourites to not. What if they lose by a point? Uh, <laughs> or that would be a very competitive performance for me. Depends how they play. So exactly. So if the, all the ingredients are there and you like what you see, well, then you anoint them as your favourites. I reckon he's had a tough week, Coco. What do you reckon? Jeez, you, haven't, you still haven't answered his question. Exactly. So I'm just... I, would, I, think, I think if Sydney can win this weekend, I want to see him win this weekend, and why, that would change things for me. So currently... So, so you, not, you don't believe in their last eight weeks then? Hasn't been good enough. Yeah, well, I think that's elevated them from a uh, bottom eight team to a real contender. Okay, I will go then, based on your theory of results, if Hawthorne can get to the finals, they're my favourites. Really, Scotty? There you go. Why do you say that? Well, because if they can get there with their experience, I think they can get it done. Um, They've beaten Adelaide. Yeah. They've beaten Sydney in Sydney. Two of the most informed yes. teams in the comp. Yep. And they've beaten them both on their own deck. Yep. Clearly their system stands up. Yeah. You love Clarko. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so but that's on the proviso, like what you get with yeah. if no, Sydney like win this way. Yeah, so I'll, then I think that yeah. if Hawthorne can get there, they are my favourites. Because if they get there, they get a week off no matter where they finish. Yes. Which is important. Yeah. To reset, bang, let's go. Are you a fan of that? Uh, no. Why is it? Because I don't think it adva- it's not advant- advantageous to the top four because they now go... doesn't protect their advantage. No, well, it goes like week off, game, if you win, yep. another week off. And I know everyone says, oh, sure, you can be able to manage that. But it's, you see teams come back off the bye. Um, not sure how many sides Sluggish. went off the bye. Yeah, it's just very hard to manage playing one game in 21 days. Well, you have a scratch match then on your, week, your weekend off. Yeah, but then I suppose guys would be concerned about getting injured or whatever. But yeah, it's Go just a problem that bowling, mate. If that's the sort of mate, the magic formula, uh, could be. <laughs> well, time will tell, won't it? So, um, yeah. Do you like it? 
Mm, yeah, I do, because we've been through a decade of um, boring monotony with the top four and the premiership winners, etc. Yeah. And the, the week off um, gets the best players back on the park, which is what, what we want to see at the end of the year. I, I like it for the little break that it gives the, the breath that it gives the game. The season. Yeah. It'd be great if you did. I would like it if you did all the awards the week before the final. So you had a big night, oh, big yeah. extravaganza. That's a good call. Brownlow, yep. all Australian. That's a great Do call. all that sort of stuff. Imagine the event at Crown. The launch of the AFLX. Oh, you could have it all there, um, get it all done. So then the finals is about the finals. It's not about oh, who made the all Australian team, who didn't, who won the Brownlow, who didn't, who should have won this. Grand final week is about the two best sides and you just go through them, yeah. fine tooth comb. And then you can, the players can take... If oh, you're players, not in the finals, the, the players you can go there, can do what they want. Because uh, you have to, you have to come back. Did you get fined or something if, you, if you're not yeah. at the Brownlow Medal? Uh, I've I've gone to the Brownlow every time, but I'm assuming I'd I have to go. Yeah, yeah. So what if you're in Las yes. Vegas or something? So last year I was in London and had to fly back for the Brownlow. And then did you fly out again? No. Right, not that's restrictive though, isn't it? <laughs> oh please, not made of money. <laughs> made of money. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's slightly restrictive. We got back at four thirty p.m. from London. And then straight to the Brownlow, straight then, in the tuck, straight in the Brownlow. Yep. And slightly sleep deprived. <laughs> Did you love that? No, didn't. Um, that's a good idea, mate. Let's, be, we'll we'll follow amazing, that up. wouldn't it? Mm. So you, you could do, you could do your AFL coaches. Yep. Award, all Australian. Yeah, all Australian, your Brownlow. And announce it all on, throughout the whole coverage. Mm. So at the end of the night, the Brownlow winner gets there. You'd yep. assume that the people that get invited to the Brownlow are going to make the all Australian team. So get them up as well. Yep. Announce the coaches' association winner because all the coaches are in the room. Yep, be a fairly extravagant night. Imagine the coverage you would get, and it'd be huge. Back to our original point: the buy and let the players wear what they want. See a bit of personality. What trackies? No, no, but like as in within, like you'd have a what dress code. What would have, you wear? You know, because we all rock up black suit, black tie. Yeah, bang. Or, or like we all you pretty much just change the head. On Do you enjoy Brownlow night? No, change Why? the head. It's a long night. It's a really long night. Because yeah. um, you haven't won one. No, the, the best ones have been when Swanee has been close or I've been close. Yeah. Um, just when it's someone on your table is actually around the mark and you're sitting there. Like um, Trelaw last year, yeah. like he was Fourth. around the mark. Yeah. Um, Daisy one year got early votes. Like, that's pretty cool because it's like, hold on, we might have a bit of excitement on the table. Um, Couple of years there, we're out the back near the toilets. <laughs> um, smells You'd be looking table. forward to this year's event then. <laughs> oh yeah, it's real. Hoot. No, that you've nah, no, it's not. Actually, it's not a bad night. It's it's okay. Now that you've started, now that you've stopped back chatting umpires, you actually might be a chance to get. Oh, um, working on it. No, did, did you see the incident on the weekend? What, what happened? happened? This was when Scotty having a massive blue with Hurley. Yep. Umpire stuck in the middle. Pendles with the chest bump. Chest bump. Bumps the umpire into hurls. Did He's I? stuck in the middle. The ricochet. Oh, Poor fella. Mean that. He looks scared for his life. Oh, I missed that, mate. You're in the Maybe that's why I didn't get the free kick when I got <laughs> punched in the face. <laughs> I like the buy because it um, it adds extra unpredictability and it gives bottom uh, uh, the bottom teams in the top eight, so the bottom four, um, a greater chance. And we saw that with the Western Bulldogs um, last year, but I'm very interested in your comment that you think Hawthorne are still a flag threat. Um, on if, no, that had the rider yeah, if yeah, they get right. there. 
Yeah, so we your, all get those. Your little asterisk. Yeah. That's a headline. We all get those. That's a headline. Who's the recruit of the year? Um, story today in the Herald Sun about Tommy Mitchell. Pick yeah, Tom uh, Mitchell. 14 became pick 16. Let him do the setup. He's Tom Mitchell. Do, no, he's got to do the setup. He's got to do the setup, mate. He gets excited oh, I think Tom Mitchell. Stuff. I this do. is his thing. Okay. Well, he's, uh, he's now third favourite for the Brownlow medal. He's averaged 36 possessions again. Pardon? He'll win the Brownlow. He'll win the Brownlow. Yeah. Davin, you come alive in the last five minutes. <laughs> well, he will. <laughs> Tom Mitchell. Yeah. What about Dusty in danger? There's seven no, weeks left of the season. What if he gets hit by a car tomorrow? Why do you think potentially? Tom, why will Tom? Well, oh, let me better? have another rider. Yep. If he keeps going the way he's going, <laughs> he'll win the Brownlow. Tell me what you're about. Well, he's going to win the Hawks best and fairest. He's probably won it already by a street. Yeah. So you see the probably coaches there. votes. No. He's on 53 coaches votes. Next best Sean Burgoyne 24. Yeah. So took me a while think, to count them up. I think pretty much every week he's been. In the Hawks' best, best couple of players, yeah, and, and this isn't anything to do with him or whatever, but it seems to, it it's always it's a stats game. Like the Brownlows are yep. heavily influenced by numbers. Yep, he's had the best numbers ever. Mm-hmm. I think he has, hasn't he? Ever like best most disposals through round seventeen ever. Is that right? I think that's Aver- right. Yeah. yeah. So his numbers have been off the charts. Yep, averaging thirty six and. Even when they don't win, he still could take twos and ones. So and not many other players at Hawthorne, I think, yeah. have had the numbers that he has every week. So I think he'll win. Interesting call. Um, Luke Hodge said he thought you were best on ground in the Tom Mitchell 50-possession game yeah. um, where you guys beat Hawthorne with that second-half comeback. Have you seen him become – like? can you explain how damaging you think his game is and sort of – Maybe how he's become more damaging in the sort of the past month, or no, I think his four more years been outstanding. Yeah, um, and I said that after we played mm-hmm. played them that I thought his game when he had fifty was outstanding. So he's playing his role yeah. really well yeah. at Hawthorne, and that's his role. He's ticking off every week, yeah. and he can't do much more than what he's doing. What's so good about him in that? How does he find so much footy? What does what, he What does he do inside the shoebox? Um, it sounds really obvious, but he just the role that Hawthorne want him to play of always getting the clearance or being the guy who gets the first handball out to set him up and yeah. Um, but how does he get that? Tell us what just what, off this off what is basically, he best at? Well, I think it's probably just how he's coached because you see, it's almost like Sam Mitchell's gone and Tom Mitchell's become mm. what Sam Mitchell was. And I know Sam used to get tagged a lot more than what Tom does, yeah. but it's basically the same role. Yeah, you see. You know, Mitchell averaged high 30s or mid-30s when he was there. Um, and now Tom's come in and playing a very similar role that Hawthorne really rate. So Mitchell's in that spot where he's getting – he's very, very good around the clearances. You know, that ground ball, so really what, quick. Why? So when you're standing next to him, it, why is, he's why? quick, he's strong, uh, he's very clean. So he's super couple fa- of steps? F- super fast with his hands. Um, yeah, and, and, and if Hawthorne, you know, get the hit out, if he doesn't get the clearance, he's usually getting the first handball out. And then more often than not, when he does get that handball, you're seeing he turns straight away back to find a half back. Mm. Um, so they go back with a handball. They always go back. They yeah. always go back. And So he's instrumental to that. Yeah. yeah. And that's you often see him. He sets up at a stoppage in that sort of pseudo sweeping spot. Whereas if they hit it back, he's there. Um, and if someone else clears it, he's there for the first handball. And then as I said, as soon as he gets it, he's turning around to find a half back that he releases. And I know people talk about his metres gained and all that sort of stuff. You're not a big metres gained man. But he gives it to... Someone. Like, he Smith. gives it to Smith, who then goes and runs 40, kicks 60. Yep. But without Tommy Mitchell giving the ball, there is no 40, 60. Yeah. So 
his effective meters. How strong is he? Very like, strong. Hard to shift. Yeah, he's like. You would have f- f- ten centimeters on him. 50. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's only a little fella, but he's a little like he's a little nugget. Yep. Yeah, little yeah. gold nugget. Yeah, he is. He's a little brown nugget. Well, the other recruit of the rear year option. So Jared Lyons, uh, averaging twenty six positions at Gold Coast, played all fifty uh, all fifteen games. Was swapped for pick forty three. Um, Zach Tui is an interesting one at Geelong. Now Geelong essentially downgraded pick sixteen to 20 and lost Billy Smets for Zach Tui. He's been in All-Australian contention. And Toby Nankervis now, he's probably slowed a little bit over the past month, but he was traded for pick 46. So they're the four for me, but Tommy I'm with Mitchell. you on Tommy Mitchell. You yeah. got, you got. what do you reckon, Cocker? No, he's you're, Tommy Mitchell. You're easy. Not, Zach Tui's very... Zach Tui's He's been, been a great get. Yeah, integral for how they set up. This last footy topic for today, boys, I know you're absolutely frothing to talk about. Then we're going personal. UFC (laughs) and stuff. Um, Is Clayton Oliver. Now, we saw at the weekend on Sunday in their game versus um, uh, Carlton. He was sledged from the crowd. Mr. Aguero, I think his name was. And he turned around Clayton Oliver, walked towards the fan and had a big go back. Now, the allegation is that uh, he threatened the fan. Either way, Clayton Oliver had to apologise. And a bit embarrassing really, given the um, staging stuff he just went through, alleged staging stuff he went through for a couple of weeks. He's probably had not a great couple of weeks, uh, Clayton Oliver. How much stuff do you hear from the crowd, Scott, in? How, how um, challenging is it not to want to bite back at times? Um, yeah, you certainly... You snap back at us. Oh, you, so. certainly, yeah, you certainly cop it um, any time you get near the fence, good or bad, you know, if you happen to run near the Collingwood faithful and you're, you're up, you're... Yeah. You, you know, you get a nice we pat on the back. Bindles. And if you uh, are down and you run into the Collingwood fans, you cop an earful. So, yep. um, yeah, I think the, the best advice for any player in Clayton would just be, it's just, you got to treat it like white noise. There's nothing to gain out of talking back to them. So um, do you even hear it? Not now. When you're near the fence? No. Nah. No. Nah. Just, it's all just white noise and you just get back into what you're doing. What if you get touched? Have you ever been like touched Ooh, by a fan? Then you grab them and the pull them over the fence and get them <laughs> onto the ground. <laughs> and it's on some ground. <laughs> Put him to sleep. What about uh, earlier in your career? Um, is it challenging? Yeah, we used to, as close. I said, I, um, I've said before on here that when you used to walk up and down the boundary, you know that like with the drink bottles, and you yeah. used to go for a walk. You used to hear all that. Yeah, that was some pretty good advice you used to get there. Life advice too. So oh, you said someone spat on you once. Yeah, attempted attempted spitting. <sighs> um, yeah, so now you don't do that. Um, probably the only time is when you lose or you win and you're walking down the race. You yeah. tend to cop a barrage then. How do you go? How how do you go in that situation? Uh, I'd find that. I just go, just keep walking. Um, yeah, you can't. As I said, I know it's boring, but you can't. Get, what can you achieve out of yeah. saying something back? Nothing. You are exhausted, and you're probably not feeling. Well, you don't yeah. feel great when you lose. No, you don't feel great after a game. Period. Because you're just completely gutted. knackered. But Bit like me after training. Um, yeah, especially when you lose, you're just gutted, Same. shattered. So yeah, you cop it. But yeah, I think Clayton and I'm sure the senior guys at Melbourne would just be telling him just to let that stuff go. Would that be flat? Yeah, I reckon it would have been pretty funny if he gave him a wink and a nod and all had a laugh at him or whatever. Because yeah, he that, had a very good game. Did he, Clayton? Yeah, yeah. He he looked shocked when he got something back. I don't I don't think he can sit in the front row, lean over the fence, and. Say something. Didn't he ask for an apology? Yeah, and he got it. But yeah. like, you can't. Well, they're know, not immune. Seems, as that a, seems silly. As a fan, we're not immune to be. We can't just lean Does over the fence. Does that mean if he gave me a spray, I said nothing. I could ask him for an apology. Yeah, it's no, because it, it only goes one way. Fans are allowed. I suppose to be though, abusive. we are the professional athletes, and we've got to set the example. So mm. they're probably not doing it just for that 
one-on-one battle between the fan and Clayton. They're probably doing it for all the kids out there to show them that that's not on. And you don't want kids at the local footy because there's no fence. You can just run straight underneath it and it'll be on. So I'm just not sure the fan. Um, if you're a fan and you have a crack at someone, I don't think you can then cry about it if they go back at you either. Exactly. The funny one, who was it? Mickey O'Loughlin when he kicked that goal against West Coast and the fan was giving it to him yeah. and he turned and looked at him and he shit himself. <laughs> that, that was good. Uh, the big boy. He got yeah. right up in his grill too. Yeah. Uh, he, that was um, quite good. Righto. Coco, what happened in the um, give us a UFC wrap? UFC on the weekend, two thirteen. We had Whitaker got upgraded to the main event after the Lioness Nunes pulled out through illness. Dana White was quick to say that she was medically cleared to fight, but just decided she not to. She pulled out soft. She, she pulled out the pretty chair. much. That's what he said. Uh, what did you think, Scotty? You watched the event. I guess we were pretty much just in it for the main event. Yeah, I was uh, daddy daycareing at home. Daddy daycare. I had Alex lined up that I needed to go to the pub for about half an hour to watch this fight. Just run across the road. Yeah, I, literally, I just run across the road. So she knew you weren't going for a couple of beers. You were going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, so it, I just yeah, I just said to Al like, I'm out. I've got to go watch yeah. this fight because you were texting me, Braden, about all right, it's on. Time to leave. I'll give you five minutes <laughs> to get there. Updates. So, bang, I was there. And it, it was either way. So, if Whitaker won, it was the first Australian New Zealand uh, fighter to ever have a championship, even though it's interim. And uh, if Romero won, same, same for Cuba. It was interesting because uh, Whitaker seemed like he hurt his medial in round one and kind of oh, round one the first thirty seconds. He and he got, got he got back to his corner and he said his knee was stuffed. He did Still, a good job to disguise it. He basically. Busted his, it looks like, and it hasn't come out yet, but surely he's done his medial ligament. So he's done his medial ligament in the first 30 seconds of a 25-minute fight Wow! against a gold medalist he's a judo wrestler who looks like he's carved out of stone. And then he's fought for another 24 and a half minutes and yeah. become the middleweight champion or the interim middleweight champion yeah. of the world. There was, yeah, over Unbelievable. 15 takedown attempts and he, yeah. he stuffed them all except for four and he got yeah. straight back up. So... Yeah, a lot of heart. Big kahunas. Yeah. Um, Bisping, who is the actual champion, came, oh, God, came in after the fight. And, Whitaker smashes him. Uh, so it's oh. going to yeah, it's gonna be Engl- England v Australia for the uh, actual championship. So It'll be on. Yeah, it'll be on and it'll be we'll interesting. Go. In a nutshell, who's your favourite fighter? In the UFC? Yep. Oh, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Because he put I'll it on, take him out. He put it on the map for me. Yeah, um, take out Conor. After Conor, I'd probably say Whitaker because... I've watched a fair few of his fights now and I like the way he goes about it. Yeah. Um, his win over Sacre was amazing. He's so composed. And yeah, well, you just write that. it off. You, you kind of don't think he's going to do it, but yeah. he keeps coming out and doing it. Yeah, I, I like Mark so Hunt. strong. I like oh, Mark Oh, yeah, Hunt Mark Hunt, the walk-off knockout. Jesus. That's good. Why, he, why do you like this guy? He's all, so he's heavyweight and he's... Big boy. Heavy but, hands. But, forward. But heavy he's, hands. He's not the fittest-looking bloke, so he's one of the traditional heavyweights, but... <laughs> He gets into wars and there's a, there's only ever one result. It's yeah. knockout or oh. or massacre. Yeah. So I get queasy. <laughs> get well, I was this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can jump straight into social media off the back of that. Andrew P said off the back of Pendle's comments last week, looks like SP10 gets another thing right with sponsors dropping off. Uh, yeah, he did now. Tommy. So he, he lost that. he lost his uh, $20,000 uh, sponsor with Head, the tennis racket brand. Um, he needs to take up, a break. I picked that up from the media. Did you yeah. just have a stab and sometimes you're right. <laughs> you get rewarded. How flat is he on us at the minute? <laughs> just in the we need, He needs a cuddle. Coco, give him a cuddle. There's a bitterness about it. No, nah, not at all. I'm just saying, I've, hey, you should be proud of me that I'm learning. This is good, yeah. <laughs> Picking we it up. need more headlines. This is... Um, <laughs> 
I don't the, like to wait for after yeah. the fact. Oh yeah, Cam, the cock up. When players retire, so the players pot the media basically for their whole careers, and then they retire. I don't pot the media. And there you go. Where's my where's my high paying media job? Channel Seven Friday night, your special comments roll. That's what it changes. Like Mick Moldhouse potted us for his whole life, and then as soon as he retired, what does he do? Gets a column in the Herald Sun. In last week's uh, podcast, I don't know if you noticed, Scotty, but. Yeah. Our man Jay-Z, he kind of pumped up his sporting ability on two separate occasions. He, no, I didn't. He claimed that he was he a was pretty handy footballer back in the day. Um, I was a rubbish which, footballer. Which is I was a bit like Andrew Carrazzo. I, could, I got the ball. So you're Andrew Carrazzo. Oh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, so like, it's pretty harsh. Yeah, see, Sam, with Sammy Edmund and I had this conversation at um, work. We try to, you know, when we compare Cheers. ourselves to who we played like. He's Bryce Gibbs, right? So Sammy's a very skillful player, right? A very smart player, Sammy Edmund, Bryce Gibbs. I was Carrazzo. Not that he wasn't smart or skillful, but, you know, he was just foot soldier in the midfield. You know, skill's not as good, um, but reliable. It's very un- unlike reliable. the media to compare people to each other. Um, and then... <laughs> Coco, whack. Then we had the... You, you said you're an awesome basketballer, which... Yeah, you, Did I? You no. painted this picture of your Geelong was, days. I played one-on-one with Jay when we first Who scored met. the first point? Who scored the I first scored the, point. We played one-on-one. I scored the first point. And yeah, you should have seen... So I was like... Um, I was like seen the look now. of shock on the man's face. So I was like, um, let's, go, let's go shoot around and stuff. Because he's like, I'm pretty good at basketball. So I was like, oh, how good is this? I'll be able to have a game against someone. And then like we played and like from the first like bang he's come out like it's the NBA championship game one. Yeah. So after he scored, scored the first it. basket, I decided that's Headband. enough. <laughs> Headband, high socks. And then yeah, since then we played table idea. tennis. Yeah, I got <laughs> smashed in the table lightning. tennis. This is what happened in the basketball court. I scored the first point, and then Scotty pretty much well scored the last ten, and that included a three pointer with his eyes closed. <laughs> we haven't played since. <laughs> Nor will we until you. Game Sharpen up. So My basketball talents. We played for a great team called the Hurt, and oh, um, and I was you know more so a glue guy, a bit of a you know Joe Ingles. Seems like a common theme with you. It's yeah. a bit of a. Not they're like, they're like you're the typical. You organised the footy trip, the, yeah. the social events. Yeah, so I've so won about ten coaches awards. You just compared yourself to Joe Ingles. Did he just sign a? He, he <laughs> yeah, got a couple yeah. of dollars in, in yeah. a contract. Starting lately, didn't starting um you three the, man in the NBA. You on the, you on you the same money. Anyway, it seems this is an assumption. This is what we do, but. It seems like some of your mates got together and made a poll about your sporting ability. They did. Uh, said um, Clarky ripped into teammates for missing open J's. What was his own b-ball strength? And he put it out there. Scarecrow defence came in at zero percent, which is pretty good. Intimidation of referees came in at twelve percent. Yeah, like to intimidate. You have a go at Pendles for talking to the referees, oh, and here he is. Yeah, it's a bit uh, of a weakness. Faking contact on misses. That's oh, I can just imagine that. I can draw a foul. <laughs> Soccer player. <laughs> Uh, and s- coming in at number one, 50% of the votes, sledging old man opponents. Yeah. Look, sometimes I have a bit of the bruzzy maynards about me. Um, the white line fever. Drag an old guy across the court. What do you reckon they should, I like this debate. What do you reckon they should be called? Referees or umpires? Oh. And we're like, why are this, is it different? Referees are more like American thing and umpires more an Australian term, isn't it? I like referees. That, that's because you're, you're an American <laughs> fanboy. Please. Well, no, it's just my preference. <laughs> All right, and then we go in. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll go into the last one, and this is case in point for what has happened all podcast. Uh, ben Hall said in the pilot episode of Jock and Journo, uh, who, who would you take, Fife or Dusty, which was posed by Scotty to Jay-Z, and Jay-Z came back with Fife by the length of Flemington Strait. What do I say about that in Dusty? And you said that was a massive call. Remember saying, what did I say? You oh, said you said Dusty needed to play more forward of the ball, more centre forward. Yeah, he'd be he's one of the best one-on-one players in the game. That's what he said because he had a lot of cheap kicks in the back half when 
uh, latch that. I thought that. I didn't say That's that. That's my view. Okay, well, if that. you don't state that clearly, it probably comes out that I said no, that. No, I said that I just clearly. said that I think he could be one of the best centre-four players in the game. I think he was getting a lot of cheap possessions. And after in the 17 line. rounds, I think he's trending that way nicely. Do you reckon that this has been the most sort of feisty podcast? This is, no way. You can tell we're a few in now. We're getting comfortable. <laughs> and but the good you, thing about right. it all is I haven't left my seat and Jay's pacing the room. <laughs> His eyebrows are up. He, he always gets halfway, no, more than halfway through, but he always starts doing the fake crossovers like he's got yeah. a basketball. I get fidgety. Or the shadow boxing. But yep. but what do you think about Fife by the length of the Flemington Straight? Still keeping that opinion? Back over me. Um, so who's had the better... <laughs> There's seven weeks left. To, there is seven date. weeks left. Fife, he hasn't had a great year. His stocks have dropped. Um, clubs no longer wanted him in a free agency race. And he's going to re-sign up for him. Hasn't had a great year. Did he year. re-sign already? No, no, he's about to, though. Okay. He, they're basically agreed to terms. Just is that exclusive? And things. We get that? Is that exclusive? Exclusive, Jock and Jono. Um, <laughs> Fremantle were always very confident. <laughs> But Dusty has taken his game to a ridiculous new level, and people he's staying at Richmond. There you how go. Was, that's just too exclusive. How what do you got? You got something, Scotty? You got Richmond, St Kilda. Um, I had a few mates down and went to this little pub around the corner for my two fifty first game. And oh yeah, after the game and had Next family and friends there, and just had a couple of quiet beers there, and we're watching yep. that game. And like that second quarter, I actually could not take my eyes off the TV. It's like anything St Kilda touched turned to gold, and yep. anything Richmond tried to do mm. turned the other way. What are you doing in those situations? I love. Like, we were talking about we were talking about this as a group of mates, and we we're saying, what do you actually do as like the Richmond coach or the St Kilda coach? Like, what do you say at halftime if you're a Richo? Yeah, keep going, boys. <laughs> keep going. Like everything we've planned for is working. Plus, our skill execution is off the charts and if you're Hardwick what do you say we're down by 80 points let's win the clear like let's win the third quarter yeah let's try and get back to some semblance of football that we know we can play but yeah at the that stage, oh, the, it was unbelievable. It was probably the, one of the most dominant quarters I've seen mm. in a long time. Yeah, it was just amazing. Well, it shows did, a bit of their capability, the Saints. What did you think on Kane Corns' uh, comments, Jay? Um, and what beef did they have? Yeah, they – I think they love each other ex that teammate. much. Ex-premiership teammates. So Kane Corn said that um, Richmond got complacent, uh, got ahead of themselves clearly, you know, conceding how 32 inside 50s in 45 minutes, whatever it was. Then Damien Hardwick said in his press conference, um, I'd love to see Kane, basically, Ooh. so he'd punch him or something. Um, <laughs> and he, all he <laughs> does is talk – Shit comments. <laughs> that is another assumption by Jay. One thing that I thought that was it was a setup from one one journal to another. He didn't quote a setup. He didn't quote the whole. Ooh. He didn't quote the whole the whole tweet. He just said, "Oh, Kane Corns has come out and said that you got ahead of yourself." Which he quoted the interesting stuff, probably. Yeah. So he took out the he took out all the stats. Creative license. <laughs> he took out all the stats <laughs> out of out of the tweet. And just <laughs> took the last bit and I used think, that. I think we're about to have. I our just own, don't think uh, though, UFC that, match. I know what Kane Corns is saying that he thinks. It's complacent, but it's it's a extremely it be, huge call. Like, no, can Richmond it be an attitudinal have, thing? Richmond wouldn't have gone into that game thinking, well, we play St Kilda here, we're, we're going to win. Mm. No team does. You go into every game planning their best. And do you know what? Sometimes in a season you have an off game. You have a game where nothing goes right, it all falls down for one week, and you put it behind you and you move on. It's more now about how they respond mm. that you'll learn the most about Richmond. Yeah. And... Yeah, I just think that's 
not every week do you have a pearl of a game and you play to your full potential. That's the sort of common sense why we pay him the big bucks. I lost the coffee bet this week, so the boys are enjoying my coffees. I look forward to rejoining the winners list the weekend. We always we pick uh, the winner, the margin, most possession, most goal from the Friday night game. Fellas, that's it. We've talked enough. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Jock and Juno show. Scotty, go up there, mate. Enjoy the sun. Get some sun. You pack your chicken sandwiches still? Take them up. Um, I've got a little lunchbox that I'd take with me. You don't need to know what's in that lunchbox. I don't know. It's two chicken sandwiches from that. Um, Potentially. No, no, it's not from that. Entran. Entran. You ditched no, it's them. It's not from there. No, just homemade variety. Old friends from uh, Chapel Street. Times are tough. Coco, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, uh, people. We'll catch you next time on the Jock and Journal Show. Thank you. <laughs>